I'm reading from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 8, and if you've got the Pew Bibles, it's on page 770. Jesus taken up into heaven. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about, about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. And after suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me talk about, speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the time or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. May the Lord add his blessing to that reading. Thanks, Jane. Uh, For those who don't know what we've been up to, we're we're in the process of looking at saturating our lives and our community with Jesus. That's our big theme for this year. Uh, And we're thinking through that. And as we're getting towards uh, looking at that specifically, which we're going to start from next week, uh, the first last week and this week, we're going to hear from... uh, Last week we heard from Jeff Vanderstelt. This week we're going to hear from a lady called Helen Lee. And each of those uh, have written about what it is to be on mission every day, what it is to saturate our lives and our community with Jesus. Uh, so we're going to hear from Helen today. I thought, great to hear from a bloke last week, good to hear from a girl this week. Uh, and what I'm going to do at the end of it, we're going to have an opportunity just to have a bit of a discussion about that. And I'm going to highlight a couple of things that I got out of the, uh, the video uh, and uh, hopefully you can highlight some back to us. Uh, and then next week we're going to start off and we're going to be looking at the book Saturate. And uh, I'll be preaching uh, from a passage on the Sunday and then during the week we're going to be looking at it together um, and with the book as well. So what I want to encourage you to do at the end of uh, this, uh, as you head into this week and before next week, is actually get through the introduction in Saturate and part one, that Jesus is better. Because that's what we're going to look at next week, that Jesus is better uh, and you will uh, be looking at that in our study groups after that. So let's, uh, without further ado, let's hear from Helen Lee. Uh, it's a really interesting and challenging, I think, little clip for us. She only goes for 13 minutes, so we'll see. So back in 2008, I was asked to write an article about the Missional Church for Leadership Journal. It was about kind of trends in the Missional Church. And to be honest, I actually had never even really heard the term. Or I maybe had heard it, but I just didn't know what it meant. So I just said, all right, I'll, I'll write about this. And the more I read about it and the more I spoke to people about it, I found myself really captivated by this idea. This just basic idea that every single Christian is called to be a missionary in whatever context God has placed them, that it's not just a term for people who are sent 
far away to the far reaches of the of the world. And something about that was appealing to me, I think, as a mom especially, because I was in the throes of raising my kids. They were still pretty young at the time, and I was finding myself floundering uh, in terms of my own identity and struggling with this idea that, okay, now that I'm a mom, does that mean that that's the entirety of who I'm supposed to be? Is that my only identity now? I felt like there was a tension there because I felt like I was called to do more, that my children were important, but that there was more to the mission that God had given me beyond just my kids. And so when this missional idea entered into my um, frame of reference, I felt like, wow, this is a message I think moms need to hear, this idea that they are called to be missionaries right there where they are, um, in the home absolutely, but also in whatever context God has placed them in their neighborhoods, in their schools, in their kids' soccer teams, wherever, that there are so many opportunities to live in mission, live on mission um, if they were willing to kind of open their eyes and see what those, those possibilities were. So that's kind of how it all started for me, just becoming open to the idea that, okay, God, yes, absolutely has called me to be the mother of my children, and that's critically important. And discipling them is a big part of my mission, but that there was a way still that God wanted to use me uh, beyond just um, within my family context. And so that, for me, that was really freeing. It's permission to just be open to how God wanted to use me for his missional purposes. It was kind of a convergence of um, understanding more about the whole idea of being missional. And I feel like I'm still learning. I feel like I'm still a neophyte in a lot of ways, understanding that. But converge, convergence of that plus my own maybe identity identity issues as a mom, like those two things together were kind of what melded into what emerged as my book. It really opened up a whole new way of thinking about living life, to be honest. So more so than just individual things we've done, I think that we've had a lot of lifestyle changes as a result of trying to consider ourselves um, a family trying to live missionally. Part of that has been a rejection of cultural trends that I see all around me that are pushing even Christian parents to really put their children at the center of their lives and the accomplishments and achievements of their ch- of their children kind of front and center. I feel like God really challenged us on some of those areas to say part of your mission is to stand against that. Part of your mission is to show that that's not necessarily you know, the way to live, to make idols of your children and all their activities and all their potential and all their potential accomplishments to really free yourself from some of those cultural binds. So that led us into homeschooling, and that's another whole story in and of itself, because typically speaking, you might not think of homeschooling and missional as being kind of in the same um, in the same line of thinking. But for us, it was a way that God actually helped us kind of to break some of those cultural ties. Um, for us, only thinking about our neighborhood and our just our block as being full of missional opportunities. We've been friendly with our neighbors before, but I think it was after we started understanding this concept of missional that we realized, you know, it's this is a wonderful opportunity for us to just live um, amidst and amongst people who are our mission field, so to speak. And not that we would treat them as projects per se, but a lot more openness for all of us to really engage with our neighbors and build relationships with our neighbors. You know, in the last six years, we've gotten to know our neighbors so much more as a result of just being willing to be open to opportunities to interact with them and not kind of not building walls around ourselves as a family, but being willing to go outside of the walls of our house to engage people right around us. So that's been a fun change 
as we've gotten to know neighbors better, seeing really every place that we are uh, with people in a consistent on a consistent basis as being opportunities for mission. So that could be like my kids' music schools or their baseball teams, sports teams, what have you. We started looking at all of those as, okay, every time we go into a situation where we get a chance to interact with people on a regular basis, we are going to say, all right, Lord, give us opportunities to be Jesus to the people around us. So we have lots of just little stories that have come up of times where people have even responded back to us and said, wow, you know, the way that your family is or the way you treated us, it really made an impact on us. And those kinds of stories have been really encouraging. It it just made me feel like, okay, clearly we're here for a purpose on this earth, not just to live our lives, um, but to be agents of God's mission in wherever wherever we are and whatever we're doing. One of my favorite stories is just from a couple years ago. Maybe we started maybe talking about this idea that our kids, even though they were young, they were missionaries too. You know, the fact that they were young didn't preclude them from living out their mission for reaching out to the community. And they just, they took that to heart. And so a new boy came into our neighborhood about four years ago who our kids, all three of them, just immediately befriended and got to know him. He became a staple in our house on movie nights, dinners, and we just got a chance to get to know him and a little bit of his parents, too, but more got to know this particular boy um, over the course of a couple of years. And, you know, our kids have never taken a class in how to evangelize, and, you know, they haven't read anything on reaching out to your community or anything like that, but they... They love their friend, and they love Jesus, and for them it just made perfect sense that those two things had to come together. So they shared the gospel with him once, I remember one summer afternoon I was looking outside and there was, a, my oldest son was out there with his Bible and the other two, my, the brother, his two brothers were sitting there on the grass and their friend was sitting there on the grass too and they were having like this little open air evangelistic session, like a little crusade. Just all four of them, and and that boy accepted Christ that day, and it was just this unbelievable, happy um, time for us all. But I, I feel like, especially what it meant for my kids to see, to live out their calling as God's missionary in that way, and to see that their friend had made that decision, was just unbelievably powerful for them. I think it just helped resonate in them the whole reason that they're on this earth. And it's, it's a moment that they have not forgotten. Um, we continue to um, be wonderful friends with this, with this particular young boy. And little by little, we're getting to know his family, his parents, who are not believers. But that relationship is growing over time. And it was because my kids took the risk and had that conversation with their friend who they wanted to make sure would be able to be in heaven one day. So it's definitely one of the, one of the favorite stories for our family over the last couple of years. The, the cultural pulls on families today is incredibly strong. And that's like the biggest barrier I see for many families is they get just so sucked into and caught up in the cultural trends to just pour everything into their kids and into just the busyness of life saying that, okay, we're going to just follow along with everyone else and make sure our kids are doing five different activities each, uh, make sure they're well-rounded, make sure they have every opportunity to excel. Like, that mentality is so strong. I see it everywhere. And when I have been able to 
just challenge that a little bit and say, you know what, God's mission may not be that your child gets to go to an Ivy League university and do something that might be considered prestigious in the world's eyes. You know, God's mission for you, or your son or your daughter might be something completely different, you know, to live with the least of these or to go and or to be a missionary in another country or whatever it may be. It may be very different from what you're imagining. And just to give parents the freedom to to be able to say no to some of those cultural trends, I think has been really freeing. And yet it's the, those are the things that tend to prevent them from being able to live on mission. It's that, that pressure that our society pushes on us to be successful in the world's definition of success. Sometimes when you're trying to build those friendships or you're trying to build those relationships, for whatever reason, there's a barrier. And it may happen when they find out you're a Christian or... Um, and that's, I don't know if that is the reason for the barrier or not. Maybe because, you know, they just didn't like us. And, and that happens. Like, so I guess part of the deal is that you will experience rejection. You, there will be times when you feel like, you know, I'm doing this for the Lord. Why would there be rejection? But it happens, you know, where there are times when people don't respond the way that you hoped or expected. Or maybe things look promising in the beginning and then there is just some distance or that that appears and you don't know why um i think that so that can be that sometimes a you feel the feeling of failure even though at the same time you know that it's all in the lord's hands and he will open doors as he opens doors and um to continue to be faithful even if you don't know why things turn out the way they turn out sometimes i think that we think things are going to happen faster than they will so i mentioned the, the friend that my kids led to Christ. I mean, our relationship with his parents is is growing, but it's taking a lot longer. And I don't know, again, kids have like less barriers, can easily connect, whereas with the parents, they know we're Christians, they know we led their son to Christ. So there's a little bit, you know, of wariness, I think, on their part. But again, you know, we're just trying to be patient and we're not trying to push too hard. We're trying to take our time with it. But there's part of me that sometimes wishes that, you know, things would go faster and move faster. And I have to trust that things move in the Lord's time, and I can't always orchestrate the situation or relationships the way I want, that we have to be willing to be patient and to trust that, you know, you plant a seed, and sometimes it takes decades, hope, you know, for things to bloom. We just don't know what that time will be. I think that there's an, an emphasis or a overemphasis on results. Like, if you're living missionally, then you're going to see all these people come to Christ, and you're going to see all these results, great results for the kingdom. And I think that can be a barrier because I don't think it is that at all, actually. It's, you know, our being faithful to God, the mission that God gives us, and he's responsible for what happens in terms of the end result. So I think it's hard sometimes for us as Western Christians to embrace and accept that the results are not necessarily in our hands, and we have to accept that and embrace that. This is a fun story. So my family had just moved into this apartment complex in this um, town outside of D.C., in Annadale, Virginia. I was five and a half and uh, just playing outside by myself. I think it was a summer afternoon because I remember it being warm. And this man approached um, wearing a suit. I think it was a blue suit. And he just sat down and he just started speaking to me. And he basically invited me to church. He said, I have a bus that comes every Sunday um, we go to a Baptist church on the street, interested in coming. And I had seen that blue bus come every week. I was curious because I had seen kids kind of walk onto that bus and then go. 
I didn't know where they were going. I didn't know what they were doing, but it sounded fun. <laughs> so I said, okay, let me, you know, let me ask my parents. This is a different time and a different era because my parents were totally fine with my going with this strange man on this blue bus that would take me to church every Sunday. It was a Baptist church, Fairfax Baptist Temple. I still remember the name. Um, and I would go there every Sunday by myself, you know, as a nearly six-year-old. Um, to children's church every Sunday. And that is where I learned all my foundational Bible stories. I still remember the, the flannel graphs and um, all the great stories I learned from the Bible in that church. And they had altar calls every week. So after about a year, uh, I responded to one of those altar calls. And it was because that particular pastor you know, took the time to come sit down with this random kid, me, just sitting by herself on the playground and took that risk to invite me. And I don't know if that happens anymore these days where, you know, children's pastors just go and meet random kids and invite them to church and if parents would let their kids do that. But that's how it happened for me. Yeah, I'm not sure whether they'd be able to do that these days. Uh, it would be very random, wouldn't it? Just uh, walking around the streets in a blue shirt and blue suit and invite kids to come to, to church with you. Uh, but interesting, wasn't it? Uh, as you hear, when I heard her story, there was a number of things that resonated with me that I thought uh, resonates with our culture and where we're at. And one of the ones that really resonated with me, I thought, was that whole sense that we can get so caught up into the culture that our kids are the be-all and the end-all of everything that we do when we're young and have a family... And we've got to have them in every activity that they possibly can be in because otherwise they're going to miss out. Somehow they're not going to hit their potential. Somehow they're not going to be able to be as good as they possibly could be or do what they possibly could be. And, you know, we all do want our kids to hit their potential and be as good as they possibly can be. But in some senses, maybe we've got so caught up that we think that that has to be an activity. That we have to run to all these things and do all these things with our kids but in the end, is that what God wants for them ultimately? Is that the mission that they're called to? And is that the mission that we're called to as a family? I thought that was really uh, really challenging for me to think about and I think within our culture to think about those sorts of things. Uh, one of the other things I was really thought was really good too was the fact that she said that it's and whatever circumstance and whatever situation in, where the people that we're amongst and we're, that we're amidst, amidst, I think she used it, uh, they're the people that God has sent us to to be on mission to that the people that God's placed around us, all of them are an opportunity for us to share Jesus with, to shine the light of Jesus with, to saturate our lives with Jesus and saturate their lives with Jesus through that as well. Uh, sometimes I think we think, well, I go to work, no, they're just my work people. Uh, I go to the bowls, well, they're just my bowls people. I come to church, they're the people I'm really on about with Jesus with. But she's saying that we're on about with Jesus with all of those people in every part of our life, in every opportunity of our life. doesn't matter where we're at. And that that's a freeing thing, isn't it? Because suddenly we, we don't just put these things into the ultra-spiritual category. I'm being the spiritual person over here. I'm being the secular person over here. I don't think the Bible talks about spiritual and secular people. It's people who are all spiritual, who all need to know Jesus, and that that's what we're to be part of, that mission of bringing Jesus to everyone in every circumstance and every situation. Uh, so there were a couple of good ones. One of the ones that really challenged me was that she does homeschooling because probably wasn't what I'd be thinking of being on mission, would it? But 
again, it's about people thinking together in their family, in their community, how can they be on mission best for Jesus? And for them, their family was, okay, oh, we need to separate ourselves out of this cultural thing that's pushing their kids in a certain particular direction that they wanted to show that their community is. So there you go. I'm not advocating that. I'd say get into the schools and be on mission in school. But it's just, it was an interesting one, that people can see that differently and the intent is what's important, isn't it? She understands that in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that we've all been sent to go out and to be witnesses for Jesus to everybody in all parts of the world, in every circumstance, in every situation. And how do we do that within the places that we're at? Uh, there you go. There are a couple of things that I got out of that uh, clip uh, and I want to encourage you with that to think that through. Anything you guys wanted to uh, that came up out of that clip for you? Yes, and for our kids' vision, like what do we want our kids to be? You know, I think in our society, it's particularly that they get as educated as possible, get the best job that possible that pays the most that's possible, so that they can get the biggest house that's possible. That's pretty much the way it runs in our culture, doesn't it? In the end, isn't it? In the end, it it it, it loses something, doesn't it? Like you know, but we're on that trajectory, and as Christians, I think we've bought into that trajectory. When we talk about our kids and their successes, what do we think of ultimately, firstly? What they've achieved, what their educational ability is, what they've got. Uh, whereas we want character, don't we? We want character build up. We want people, kids who will come up and get to know Jesus. That's what we pray for, don't we? That's what we desire in our kids. That's what we should be praying for our kids. No? Not our kid, all our kids are in that situation at the moment. We want to pray for them to be like that. That's what we desire most for them. Not that they get the best job. Great if they do, but not that's not it. They know Jesus and are on mission for him. It's a good thing to think you're praying for, isn't it, for our kids? Wow. Mm-hmm. Because that's what it was, wasn't it? It's the challenge of letting go of what we think is what is most important and to what God is. And, and she did do that, didn't she? And uh, if you watch, uh, I'll show you a little bit. She's got a book that she's written about that. Uh, but within that too was that whole concept between identity as a mum and identity as, Je- as a follower of Jesus and that they almost were separate, but she wanted to bring them together. And that the identity in Jesus is what fed her identity as a mum, that I fe- fed I- her identity into the world. It came out of Jesus, not out of her being a mum. She got that first and then that flows out into how we live it out as well. That's great, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Heather. Yes, yes. That was great, wasn't it? Yeah, because sometimes we want them to become Christians now. Why aren't they believing? I've just spent five years on these people and now suddenly they leave town and go. God, what are you doing? But that's good, isn't it? We're the ones that are on mission for Jesus, but it's God who does the harvesting. We're sent out, uh, but God harvests, doesn't he? So uh, trust him in the results as well. I think that's a great thing to remember. Be faithful within it, is what she was saying, wasn't she? Uh, Let me encourage you to keep thinking. Uh, We're going to start looking at Saturate from here on in, guys. The book's 
Uh, you've thought you might have started reading. Uh, we're going to come back to the beginning of it. Uh, the intro is really worth reading because it gives you a great intro to what, uh, how Jeff got to be where he is at the moment and why he wrote the book that he did. Uh, and then next week we're going to be looking at Jesus is Better. So that's part one of the book. Uh, we're going to be looking at a passage in the Bible. I'll just be preaching from the Bible on that and how Jesus is better. And then uh, in your groups through that week, you're actually spending looking time at the Bible passage and you'll be thinking about the book as well, bringing the two together to see where God's going to lead us and take us and help us to be saturated in our lives in Jesus and saturated in our community as well. Let me just uh, click, maybe if I turn it on, that'll be helpful. Um, so that's the book that Helen Lee wrote, uh, The Missional Mum. I haven't read it, but I'll just sort of put it up for you so you can see that she's written another book as well. But... Um, uh, a lot of the stuff I read and a lot of stuff you hear from the front comes from a bloke's perspective. We try to think like a woman, but we're hopeless at that. Um, so it's probably worth uh, picking that up if you're a lady uh, or a mum particularly, specifically, and, and have a look at what she says about that. Uh, the other thing that you've been seeing up on the thing is this uh, every, uh, field guide to everyday mission. Uh, that's what that one comes from. So uh, a lot of the, these guys have put this together and it's a bit similar to what we're going to do with Saturate. But if you want another resource to think about how we're on everyday mission for, that's the other one. And uh, this is what we're going to be... Uh, what I've done with our studies is I've grabbed a little bit of this field guide that they've written to Saturate, placed it together with what we're going to be looking at in the Bible together. And hopefully the melding will work and God will use it for us to... Uh, really get out there and be on fire for Jesus this year and be saturated with him. Uh, I just want to encourage you with that uh, because, you know, I think one of the things that we see as we go through this, sometimes we think mission's all about the person who's the best, the flashiest, the one who's got the best voice, who can speak from the front, the most charismatic, the most, you know, got all the things sorted and worked out. Uh, if you read through the Bible, you'll notice that that's not the case. Uh, it's amazing. If you read through the Bible... A lot of the time, the people who God uses are everyday people who are fallen, broken, sinful people who haven't got it all together, but God steps into their lives and uses them and transforms and he goes on and they go do amazing things, but it's because God's grabbed them and taken them, and not because they are something amazing in themselves. You see, because we don't have to be the amazing one because Jesus already is. We don't have to be the perfect one because Jesus already is. We see we're just the ones that are on mission for him. He's done it all for us. We're on mission with him, empowering us by his spirit from behind us and from within. And so it's great to remember that, guys. All of you here, if you trust and believe in Jesus, then you are already on mission for Jesus. You may not know that. You may not be thinking that's part of it. You may not even thought of that before, but you already are. And God wants to take you and blow you out into the society and in the community to saturate it with Jesus and so that more people come to know him and more people come to love him and together we grow in that. That's what he wants for us. Ordinary, everyday people on mission every day for Jesus, saturating our lives with Jesus and our community with Jesus. That's what he wants for us, guys. That's what he's got for us in store for us. Now let's pray that he really enthuses us by his spirit to do that this year as we get into this together in the next couple of weeks. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do give you great thanks, Lord, that in Jesus it's all done. 
It's all because of Jesus that we're alive. It's all because of Jesus that we have a relationship with you. It's all because of Jesus that we have a purpose and meaning and mission in this world, Lord. It's him, Lord. Jesus is the perfect one. Jesus is the hero and Jesus is the one that empowers us to go and live out his mission in this world, Lord. We don't have to be the hero. We don't have to be the perfect one, Lord. Jesus already is. And we thank you and praise you for that, Lord. We just need to lead and draw and show people Jesus. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we uh, think about that, as we, uh, over these next uh, 8 to 15 weeks, as we spend time thinking about that, about having our lives saturated with Jesus, as we seek to saturate our community with Jesus, as we think that through on Sunday as we hear from your word, as we think that through the week as we read the book Saturate, as we gather together in our uh, gospel communities through the week, Lord, we pray that those together, that Lord, you'll do a mighty work and that your spirit will grow within us and empower us and send us out, Lord. We pray that your spirit will already be at work in the lives of the people that you've placed around us. And that, Lord, we will see a mighty awakening of people coming to know and love you, Lord, and being saturated with Jesus as well. Heavenly Father, we ask this in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. Amen.